Welcome to episode four of The Apple Life. I know it's been a couple months since I've posted any kind of content, and my apologies for that. I just, between, I have so many projects in the works that I just got, this kind of went on the back burner, which I shouldn't have done. But anyway, I've seen that I got a lot of views in the last couple episodes, so I know you guys are interested in my perspective, which is great. I'm all for that. I appreciate that. Uh, That's awesome, and thank you. So... This episode I wanted to do about the iPad Pro 3rd Gen. I got my hands on it, I got to play around with it, and I've watched tons of reviews on YouTube and through sites like The Verge, Engadget, Renee Ritchie, who is kind of the head honcho over at iMore, and pretty much numerous other ones. And the one kind of theme that I get is from all these reviews is that they were mentioning how the iPad Pro can do a lot of things and it costs a lot. It costs, uh, you can get a 256 gig iPad Pro 3rd Gen 11 inch for about $999 and you can max it all the way up to closer $2,000 and a lot of them are mentioning at that price it should be able to do everything a laptop can do. Now, the old discussion comes in, is the iPad, the iPad Pro a computer? Can it replace your laptop? And I think Renee Ritchie actually put it in the best kind of uh, terms, in, in the best spotlight. The iPad Pro is a device that can, it's kind of like the difference between a car and a truck, right? Now... You can, you know, if you need a truck to do certain things, right, you know, only a truck can do that. You know, obviously, if you need to tow something, a car, you're not going to use a car for that. You know, you would want to use a truck. The car can do a lot of things that you need it to do. 90 to 95% of the things, you know, to drive, you know, go cross country, you know, you can even sleep in a car, which I've done numerous times. <laughs> I shouldn't be mentioning that, but yeah, I have done that numerous times. So there's a lot of things you can do in a car. Uh, a lot of things a car can do that a truck can do, but there's a few things that a truck is able to do that a car cannot do. And I feel like the iPad is, 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 is exactly like that. Now, for a traditional person, the iPad can do pretty much everything a normal person needs it to do an average person you know a person that you grab right off the streets you know a great example is uh, I'm gonna take my family for example right my mom my sister uh, my probably future uh, brother-in-law <laughs> uh, and you know numerous members of my family an iPad can be their sole computer because what they do is internet, they do emailing, they take photos, they do some light at photo editing. Uh, if they need to do some Word documents, Excel documents, PowerPoint presentation, it has that capability. And it can do even some more advanced stuff. I, I actually had an iPad Air 2 and I upgraded to the iPad Pro 2nd Gen. Not the newest one, the previous one I got it a couple of months ago. I know, I know some of you guys are probably going to say, dude, why didn't you just wait? You knew a new one was coming out. Yes, I knew a new one was coming out. I just, I wanted a newer 
iPad. I didn't want to wait a few months. I knew it was going to come around the September, October time frame. This was around June. And I was like, you know what? I just, I'd rather get a new iPad now. And I knew the new one was going to have Face ID. And since my phone doesn't have Face ID, I was kind of like, you know what? I, I still want to stay with Touch ID. Anyway, that goes on to a whole different thing. Anyway, my point is, I've used the iPad Air 2, and I've used this iPad Pro 2nd Gen, which actually I'm recording this podcast episode with. And I'm able to do, like I mentioned before, 95% of what my Mac can do. You know, I'm able to do audio recording. I'm able to do video recording. And the apps that I use this, uh, that I use these with is, uh, if you guys are not familiar, uh, Hokusai. <laughs> it's a unique name. It's H-O-K-U-S-A-I-2. And you could do a lot of really great audio editing on this. I've... I've done numerous podcast episodes uh, through my other channels. I do uh, uh, um, another podcast dealing with strategy games, and I use LumaFusion for my video editing needs. And uh, I can tell you, I've used Final Cut Pro before LumaFusion. I would say pretty much for every single video, for mo most of my videos. And then I decided, like, you know, I want something to do, to do video editing on the go. And I did some checking through some YouTube videos. LumaFusion ranked top, so I picked it up. And I can tell you now, 98% of my videos now are on LumaFusion, uh, edited with LumaFusion. So it's an incredible app. It's 20 bucks, but it's totally worth it. Uh, I really, really appreciate the developers. It's an incredible app. So... Going back to my original point, the iPad Pro, the second gen that I have, is able to do pretty much all my video editing needs, all my audio editing needs. There's only a few things that I can't do on my iPad Pro that my Mac can do. Uh, a couple things just, you know, uh, that I can pick up is I was trying to do, and this is a very, very rare case, and it actually happened last night. I did an auto editing for an interview that I did for a strategy developer. And on my iPad, I was laying in bed. I finished up the, uh, the uh, audio edits. I you know saved it to my iCloud. And I went to this website called Spreaker, uh, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. And I tried to upload the actual file. But the website said, well, you're on an iPad and, we're in, and it's limited, so we're not going to let you even though I'm able to upload audio files and video files through Safari web browser to YouTube, through other podcasting uh, hosting sites that I use with no problem. Apparently this site did not want that capability, even though it's capable of doing that, they just didn't want that. They specifically ensured that iOS devices can't upload, which is weird, really weird. They have an app but you can only record with the app, you can't upload with the app, which is really weird. So yeah, I, I just, it was weird. Anyway, so the problem becomes, you know, I, I was like, all right, well, I can't do it with Safari. So what else can I do? So I have a couple other uh, web browsing apps and they're really awesome, really great apps. So. You know, if your Safari web browser can't handle what you need it to handle, what a desktop browser can do, there are all alternatives. And they're really great alternatives. 
they're really awesome, I, to be honest. So uh, I use iCab Mobile for sites that know that I'm on an iPad and try to give me like the mobile site. And even if I hit request, there's a, if you're not familiar, you can hit a button, the share icon. And if you go on the bottom of that list, you hit request desktop site in Safari. And it was supposed to give you the desktop version of that website, unfortunately. That doesn't happen all the time. There's some sites that I notice when I hit request desktop site, it'll actually still give me the mobile site, which kind of like sometimes I want to pull my hair out, which, you know, I, I, you know, whenever I think about that, I go back to Steve Jobs 2007 iPhone introduction where he was mentioning how, he was mentioning how the Safari browser is a desktop browser. It actually gives you the full new, he actually did like a demo of where you could see the New York Times website in all its glory. It's all a full glory, not a mobile site in 2007 where no mobile sites pretty much. So, you know, it was really amazing. That's what really drove me to the iPhone uh, when that happened. So in the last couple of years, a lot of these sites kind of caught on. So they, what they do is even if you request as desktop site, they kind of were like, well, you're still on Safari and you're on mobile, so we're still gonna give you the mobile site. Now, so I got iCab Mobile. It's a uh, app on the iOS uh, app store, iCab Mobile. And the cool thing about this app, it has so much functionality. It's really, it allows you to do so much in terms of editing your tools, your network status, your websites. Uh, you can go into the website section here and it has browser ID and it has literally probably two dozen uh, browser IDs that you can fool the website with. So I actually use this. Uh, every time I run into a website that kind of like screws around with me. So I have choices from, I could use Firefox on Mac, I use Firefox 45 on Windows, Firefox 50 on Windows or Mac, Firefox 55, Internet Explorer 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, Opera, Opera Mini, Pocket PC, PlayStation 3 browser ID, <laughs> uh, Nexus 1, which is a Android 2.2 browser ID, and Chrome, of course, uh, numerous versions of Chrome. So you could literally fool that website into thinking you're any one of those, which is really awesome. Uh, let's see. The other th browsers that I have is Puffin. Puffin's a really cool one. It's a, uh, it's, some websites still actually use Flash and I picked up Puffin back when Flash was kind of like half the web almost. So it would kind of convert Flash into HTML5 so you could still uh, get those sites on your iPhone. There's a few sites that still on Flash and it comes in handy, but I use Puffin because uh, it does give you the desktop version of a website, but it does something really cool. If you go into the settings part, you can actually hit mouse and it gives you a virtual trackpad. It actually gives you a mouse. So you can kind of get that, uh, that basic mouse that you would want and you have like a virtual trackpad that you can go. So if you need something really intricate to click on something, you can actually do that. So that's really awesome. I use it for that. Uh, it's a nice, really desktop site, uh, desktop browser. The other browser I use is called Red Browser. This is really cool. It's um, it's a Tor browser. And if you guys are not familiar with this, this is basically a, it's a browser that, I'm not gonna go deeper, deep into this. I should make a own, own video on this, but 
basically in, in short, this browser kind of bounces the signal off probably hundreds, if not thousands of servers. So if I want to go to a site and I don't want that site to know where I am, I can actually go to red browser. It will bounce my signal off thousands of servers. So a lot of times when I go to the site, it thinks I'm located in the Ukraine or Russia or Spain or wherever. So it kind of masks my identity, you know, to each his own. I only use this if I want to go on like, uh, I, I think I was using this to go on um, when the WikiLeaks kind of released certain documentation. Uh, I think it was uh, it had to do with the 2016 election and I didn't want to kind of step on anybody's toes or get in trouble or anything like that. And I wanted to kind of read a couple of um, uh, some of the stuff they had and I didn't want like WikiLeaks to know that like, hey, it, you know, this guy in, you know, Virginia is reading this stuff and, you know, catalog me or whatever. So I, I didn't want that to happen. So I got it through there. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's a very powerful, iOS is a very powerful operating system. You know, you, it can do, you know, you can scan documents and then you can, you know, fax them straight from your iPhone. Uh, people, you know, some other people say, well, it can't zip files. There's an app called Zip that I picked up and you can do that there. So there's an app for everything. There's an app for editing PDFs. There's an app for, you know, uh, there's an app that I picked up called Save Images, right? And what this app allows you to do is some websites don't allow you to save images. This extension, if you're going through Safari, you could hit your share icon and you'll have an extension called Save Images and it'll give you all the images on that page and you can actually select certain ones that they don't want you to save. <laughs> and you know, I, I do this because I, I need uh, like art for my uh, thumbnails for my YouTube videos, so comes in handy. Anyway, so going back to my original, my original thing, the iPad is very powerful. It, but one thing that I would love for it to, it, it to do is Apple to incorporate Safari with a way to get the desktop sites automatically, you know, to get, to, to basically mask that I'm not, that I'm on an iPad, right? I don't want Bank of America or, you know, uh, a gaming site or wherever site that I go to, to know that I'm on a mobile site. I want the full desktop experience, just like I, I would be on a Mac. So I would love them to incorporate like a ghost mode kind of thing. So they always give me the desktop site. Other couple things that Renee Ritchie uh, added in was uh, you can't record audio or video interviews when you're in Skype and certain other apps. And so if you're doing podcasts, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a problem. So I can't understand where he's coming from in that point of view. Uh, I would love for them to incorporate, you know, where I can actually record my Skype interviews and such like that. Uh, he was mentioning how you can't do that. So you can't record the screen in the Skype interview. I haven't tested that out yet and I trust him. Uh, so he was mentioning that you can't record Skype interviews, um, which I hope they do add in. That would be really awesome. Uh, I haven't had a need for that. I actually do my podcast interviews through my Mac. I would love to do it through my iPad or iPhone. It would be really awesome if I could. Unfortunately, um, I didn't, I know with, it really comes down to, I use uh, Hangouts on Air, if you guys are not familiar with that. That's something you have to go through a desktop client and you need, I, I usually use Chrome for that. Uh, it's a much more fluid uh, experience because, well, 
Hangouts is actually made by Google, so I'd rather use a, a Google browser for that. Uh, and plus Google, um, I think you need Flash for that. So anyway, I'm, I'm going on a tangent anyway. So yeah, so I would love for them to incorporate something like that on the, uh, you know, the Chrome browser on the iPad is not as deluxe as the uh, browser uh, for the desktop platform. The other thing that he mentioned was multi-user support. I don't have a problem with that because I don't give my iPad to anybody. <laughs> like, I don't want anybody to touch my iPad. It's my iPad. No, it's like, you know what? If you gave me half the money for it, yeah, you can borrow half the time. But I don't want, I purposely save money so I can have my own iPad. But I know a lot of families, a lot of families kind of like have an iPad for the family or, you know, two or three iPads for the whole family. It would be awesome if they had like multi-user support. So, you know, that multi-user you have on one iPad would go on the two other iPads for the family so you can you know pick up on one iPad and continue on the other uh, and some people want to have one iPad for the whole family and you can't really personalize it uh, it would be really awesome if Apple did add that and I understand why they're not there yet I'm hoping with iOS 13 or iOS 14 they do that but and you know I think also another reason they were doing that is because the iPad is like 329 you can get a base model iPad for 329 and some you know there are sales out there that go below 300 you know you could if you have a family of like four I mean that's what like a thousand to twelve hundred dollars for you know filling out your you know your family with a with an iPad you know around twelve hundred dollars that's actually that's basically a computer for each member of the family which is reasonable you know I can understand like that and I and I can understand a counterpoint. I understand a counterpoint, which being, you know, well, we don't want to have, we want to have one iPad for everybody. I can understand that too. So it would be awesome if they had multi-user support. It already exists in certain environments like school. Uh, there are, uh, Apple does have a, a, a setup where you can actually have one iPad for multiple uh, students. So if they bring that over to families, that would be awesome. Now, these two other points, uh, they are, I would say, not, all right, so they're just for me, okay? And sometimes I've run into this and I would like my iPad to do this. I would love to play old and possibly current PC games on my iPad. You know, uh, games that are on Steam, I would love to play that on my iPad or older games from like the 1990s like uh, Star Trek Birth of the Federation or Star Wars Rebellion or you know X-Wing you know games like that I would love to play on my iPad now the problem with that becomes is you need for to do that you need to either run an emulated environment which you can't do on the iPad or run uh, a virtual box on an iPad which the iPad is powerful enough to do, but I, 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 there are no apps available on the App Store. I don't know if Apple is approving those. I don't know if a company, if there are any companies interested in doing that, if there's a business model for that, what have you. I would love f to be able to run a virtual machine on my iPad. It would be awesome. And if you're not familiar with the virtual machine is, it's basically you're running Windows uh, or Mac or Linux uh, in, a box in essence. So like I'll give you a good example. Uh, you, 
if you did put a virtual box on your iPad, you can you know tap on it. Like let's say for example, Parallels brought it, and Parallels is a company. You tap on their app, and it says, "Would you like launch Windows?" You click Windows, and you would literally run the full Windows 10 on your iPad. And it has certain you know uh, pros for that. There are certain certain benefits. You could run those old PC games, um, and I would love something like that. I would I only run Windows in like a box like that because I don't trust Windows at all. I, you know, like I mentioned, I worked for Apple and I worked for Microsoft. I am not a Windows fan. I've used Windows for decades. Uh, I think that's a whole nother video right there, but I'm not gonna go into it. I only use Windows in a box and it would be, um, it would be awesome if I could play those old PC games. That's all I'm saying. And the last thing that I wanted to add is, I've noticed this. So. When the iPad or iPhone run into, uh, if you run into any serious issues with an iPhone or iPad, right? Like let's say there's a software bug in the actual core OS. And from time to time, this happens. And I could tell you when I was at Apple, you know, every so often you would run into a person at, you know, the springboard would keep crashing. Uh, springboard is um, basically what makes a key component of your iPhone or iPad uh, in terms of how you're, uh, main screens work, right? You would have um, certain problems that I've noticed uh, people coming in with that you would have to do a complete wipe of the software and uh, basically the firmware, reload the firmware, and which we call a DFU, right, at Apple. Now we would this would wipe basically the software and and, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the firmware, reload the firmware on there. Now you can only do this when you connect it to a laptop or to a you know or to a desktop. You can't do this from within the iPad. You know you could put it. You can't even put it in DFU mode uh, by itself. You actually have to connect it and you have to hold the buttons a certain way for a certain amount of time for it to go into DFU mode. And then what happens is when it's connected through iTunes, it downloads the operating system to iTunes and iTunes loads it onto the iPad. And any problems that you have software-wise cleans it out. Uh, the only problem with that is like you, I can't do that without a laptop or, or a Mac. And I would really love for Apple to include that into the iPad and iPhone where I can actually, uh, you know, there's a way that you can maybe uh, put the iPad and iPhone in DFU mode without having to connect it to anything and then download that uh, software and reload it. That would be awesome. Uh, and I generally do this uh, maybe once every year or two, uh, mainly because if I ever get software bugs, I notice um, over time, after maybe one or two huge OS up upgrades, I'll notice a bug here or two or there that I can't kind of knock out. I usually just do a DFU. So kind of cataloging this and kind of like putting it all together. The iPad is an incredible device. I literally have replaced 95, 98% of my workflow with the iPad. I go on my iMac probably maybe two or three times a week, you know, to play uh, Steam games uh, to, and I, I'll, I'll sometimes fire up Final Cut Pro so I can do video editing in there and, you know, Pixelmator on there. Uh, there are certain times where I, I'm in the mood for keyboard and mouse. You know, there are certain times where you're like, you know what, I, I want to, you know, go on the desk and do so, you know, and grind through work there. Because sometimes the keyboard and mouse, just, you're in the mood for that, you know? So, 
you know, I, and I love my iMac. It's, it's an incredible device. A 4K display is, is absolutely gorgeous. So there are times where, you know, two or three times a week, I'll, I'll uh, jump up my iMac and, you know, and, and get right on it. But I can tell you, seven days a week, I am on my iPad. And I am on it for hours. I am on my iPad almost as much as I am on my iPhone. And I'm on my iPhone a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I could tell you for pretty much every average consumer. And when I say average consumer, I'm talking about pretty much 90 to 95% of the world. You can live off an iPad. And the iPad can be your direct computer, your only computer. Because it is that powerful. The apps make it that powerful. The operating system makes it that powerful that you can do incredible things with it. So if you're kind of wondering, hey, should I get a laptop or should I get an iPad and the iPad handle these kind of things? Yeah, I can. There are always ways. A good example is like, let's say you want to write a book. Uh, I probably need a laptop for that. No, you could actually do that on the iPad. You can actually make uh, Word documents on the iPad. In fact, if you get pages, which is free on the iPad, you can actually um, write a book on pages and then submit it through the iBook store straight from the app, which is incredible. It's an incredible feature addition to it, uh, and it kind of cuts the middleman out, which is what I'm planning to do, hopefully soon. Anyway, so coming down, back to that question, should you get an iPad? Should you get a laptop or a desktop? It really comes down to, are you that small percentage? You know, are you among that small percentage? And the questions you have to ask yourself, do you play Call of Duty? Do, do you want your, you know, computer to play Call of Duty Battlefield? Do you need a, uh, I'm trying to think of something else, but basically it really comes down to that gaming aspect. You know, you know, some people might come as like, well, Photoshop's not on the iPad. Well, it's coming to the iPad in early 2019. So that's taking care of that. Well, video editing. Well, video editing is handled with Luma Fusion plus other a couple other apps. Uh, audio editing. Well, that's handled. You have uh, the app that I mentioned before, plus you have a bunch of other apps that uh, also do audio editing. So that pool of apps that you know that you're like, well, I need to do this, I need to do that. Well, you can actually do that. You just need this app. So. Honestly, the only thing I can think of right now is really, you know, the gaming part, the Call of Duty or the retro games. You can't play that on the iPad yet. Uh, so, you know, now there might be a few of you that say, well, if you jailbreak your iPad and you can still play those retro games, yeah, but I'm not going there. <laughs> I don't think you should jailbreak your iPad ever. <laughs> you don't want to create a backdoor, okay? Backdoors are bad. Anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this. I ranted. Basically, the reason I, I don't really do, uh, i been on top of my I, episodes is because I, when I do these episodes, I screw up a lot and I just re-record re and re-record and re-record and I'm just not happy with it and I just re-re-re-re-re-record and eventually just stop and I'm like, forget it, I'm not doing it. So that's why. So what I decided to do is just, I'm gonna make... I'm gonna hit record and just go. And if I screw up, I screw up. If I curse, I'll go back and I'll take that out, but I'm just gonna go. And I'm not gonna do any editing because I'd rather pump out episodes and you know have something there that you guys can listen to and just get my feedback. So yeah, anyway, I'm hoping to do about an episode a week. And again, hopefully with this new format, I'll be able to get it out.
anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this. Catch you in the next one.